Hello, and welcome to Head Tilt, Adventures in the Akashic Records with Christina and Tatiana. We see the deepest meaning and truest value of the Akashic Records and how we use them to support and guide ourselves as we move through each day. And we're so excited to share with you our adventures as we apply the guidance and rely on the energy of the Akasha. Working in the Akashic Records has completely changed our lives. We are Christina and Tatiana, and together we share a deep, intimate relationship with the records on a professional, personal, and spiritual level. We truly live an Akashic Records lifestyle. So we invite you to come along as we share our adventures in the Akashic Records. Good morning, Christina. How's it going? Good morning, Tatiana. Pretty good. How's it going with you? Good. We're going to be a little bit late with this week's episode, but I think everyone will understand that we are working our hardest to get our episodes out on our regular schedule. Well, you know, and also we've we've been on our own creativity burst, bubble, you know, of bubbles. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, you know, we've been following that, and um, I'm sure. Everyone has their own things that are kicking in during this time. Yes, yes. So let's talk about Akashic Record readings. Let's talk about what what is it like for a person receiving a reading? Yeah, right, exactly. And I, I think it's different, but there's some also I think some helpful things to note when, you know, we're talking about that too, because you know, some people don't really know what happens when you're in a reading so it's it's a good resource you know to know this stuff yeah so for me I notice that sometimes people have a little bit of fear and they are afraid they're afraid like at the very beginning of the free of the reading and I get the sense that they have the fear that it's I might have a window open to their whole soul maybe see maybe the bad things they did in past lives or maybe things about the future or maybe weaknesses that they perceive. But it's not like that at all. And it is a place of love. It is a place where you can feel safe. Although, you know, blockages, things like that, you receive clarity on. It's not that blocks are bad or that fears are bad. It's it's not anything like that. Don't you agree? I would agree. But, you know... There was a, you know, once upon a time, we both had never had proper Akashic Records readings, right? And I remember after I was already an Akashic Records practitioner, I remember doing a friend of mine and she's actually my boss and she in normal life, in normal everyday life, she is a woman who is in control she is a woman that manages her household to a T. Like she just, you know, she's just a very, very, I would say, a powerful woman. And someone who is headstrong and confident and knows her way around, right? So she wanted me to do a reading for her. And this is the first time that I clued in on the fear. So I asked her her name and everything, and I started to go into her records. And as I went into her records, I saw her face and her face. I've never seen her face have this expression. And it was a, it was like fear on her face. It was like she was frightened 
of what I was about to say. And I couldn't ask her because I was dropping into her records, you know, things were moving and shaking. But I remember that. And I'm just like, what was, what, what was that face? Because every time I had gotten a records reading from somebody, I'm excited, you know, but she had this fear on her face and I never really asked her about it. But then, you know, I started to think, okay, well, how was she feeling at that time? Well, uh, was she scared? Uh, maybe. Um, so I realized that maybe I had to reassure the people that I could kind of see were a little bit uncomfortable. So my question for you, Tatiana, is like how when you can see the, that there's fear, what do you do? I don't see fear. So I I will feel it. I will feel when I go into someone's records, I'll, actually, I'll often get an initial like energetic I want to say temperature or pulse. And sometimes it's nerves. Sometimes it's what's going on in their life. Um, and so I might say, you know, I feel a tightness in your heart and, and have a brief conversation with that, um, with them about that. I think often when people have a lot of fear, when they're, Um, at the beginning of a reading that it has to do with fear around the questions, maybe fear of what the answers might be fear that they don't know what the answers are. Um, I I think it's connected to, to that because they're feeling lost. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I know exactly what you mean. So you, you just tell them like how it works a little bit. I don't know that we have, conversation specifically like hey I'm, I'm feeling a lot of fear about that it's 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 different it's more subtle and I when I have a reading I really prepare the space I set an intention I clear all negative energy um, and so I think once we drop in they feel safe once I open up their records they feel safe they feel held they feel supported and they feel the love and the support of of their master's teachers and loved ones. So I think once we drop in that there's this huge comfort that happens. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I just naturally, just because my MTLOs told me I should do that. um, I also do kind of a pre ritual kind of ordeal where I set the stage, I call it setting the stage I'll go into my records and I'll invite their master's teachers and loved ones through them to co-collaborate. And then I also do my own energy work and clearing to make sure, you know, I'm an open channel and that I'm ready to work and channel and um, get information and help with whatever they want to work on. Right. So, um, but I know that now when I do have a quote virgin, (laughs) someone who is intrigued enough to want to get a reading, but yet they're not sure what the heck's about to happen. I'll, I always ask, Hey, is this your first time in the Akasha records? How are you feeling? So I actually now have started to ask that right up front because I'm now realizing, okay, not everyone is so excited and and in and enthusiastic off the bat you know like like I would be so then I I just kind of take control and take command and I explain 
you know, what I do and what kind of information you can get and that you're safe and, you know, don't worry. It's not like an x-ray machine where I can see you naked, (laughs) you know, Uh, (laughs) this is, this is completely different. And, uh, you know, let's go from there. So I do have my own little spiel that has come up, come about naturally to just make sure that not only am I open, but they are too. And that helps because then they're like, oh, okay, oh, okay, that's good, that's good. But even if I have detected some sort of reluctance or fear in the reading, usually by the end of the reading, there's like a flip, there's like a snap where all of a sudden they're like, whoa, like, and it's not like they're like amazed or anything. It's just like they're feeling better and they're embracing it. There's always like some turn. Have you experienced anything like that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the turn sure <laughs> well and, and and it's the it's the healing that happens in the akasha naturally just from being in that high vibe energy um often when i at the end of the reading people will say wow i feel lighter i feel i feel elevated i feel i feel at peace i feel much different and i don't ask them hey how do you feel versus the beginning um people will just naturally express that which is which yeah. is really great because that's that's what's so beautiful about it. I really like that. Yeah, and I can tell too, just energetically, I can tell <laughs> as well. Uh, but yeah, it, it, they they usually do express it in some way. But and, and if I'm in person with the person, then I can I can see their face and just see that they're just bounding. You know, I I did a virgin virgin once in a class. Did I ever tell you about this? I think I did, but I'm going to tell you again. (laughs) So there was, (laughs) I went to one of the um, practitioner workshops, the certifications, and it was a soul's pathway. And I remember, I usually know who I'm probably going to work with when they walk through the door. Isn't that weird? Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. At these, these events, you know? And so I remember this girl stuck out to me and I mean, I was like, Oh, probably going to work together. Sure enough on, uh, the last day of the workshop, um, I sat on the other side of the room just because that's where my favorite chair was. And there was an open chair and she came in late and she had to sit next to me. So before we were, you know, across the room, it was a pretty big group and we were going to do record uh, record readings for each other and we had to pick our own partners. She immediately turned to me. She goes, will you please be my partner? I say, oh yeah, sure. That's fine. So again, I was like, oh, I knew I was going to work with her somehow. (laughs) Um, So I go into the corner and she was like, can I be honest with you? I'm like, yeah. She said, I've never had a reading. I've never given a reading and I've just taken this whole class and have no idea what's going on. And I'm like, okay, well let's send you straight. I'm like, okay. And so she had a lot of questions about how to get in the records that she was just unclear about um, because she had never done it. And she was a beginner and she was taking kind of what I would say one of the most advanced classes ever. And so I walked her through it and she was like, Oh my God, I feel so much better. Oh my gosh. That's what you do. Okay. That's great. That's great. And one of her big questions was, <laughs> one of her big questions was, what do you, do you hear things like? And I'm like, I never hear things. I never hear things. She was like, but, oh, okay. Because 
every time I've tried to do it, it's like I don't hear anything. I'm like, well, I see and I feel like I just know, you know. And she's like, oh, okay, that's good. Sure enough, later um, in the class, it is announced that, oh, only about 10% of people hear something. Nobody hears anything really. And she looked at me like, yeah. But anyway, um, I gave her her first reading and she was just in tears. (laughs) And I was like, yep. (laughs) Then she had to go into my records and she was like, I'm nervous. I'm like, don't be nervous. Listen, you know, you can mess up. I'm like, just just do this and see what you feel and see, you know, what you're what you're seeing, you know, see if you see anything, you know, let's just see what happens. And here's a pen and paper. Maybe you're the type that has to write stuff down, you know, we're exploring right now. And she did an excellent job. She did an excellent job. She was on the money, absolutely on the money. And then after we closed, she closed my records, it was lunchtime. And she was just like, oh, my gosh, my life has changed. And she said she practically like ballet jumped out of that room you know because of the reading she had received but then also the empowerment of actually giving the reading so I I, again I I think this it all has to do with a little bit of education but also just that you're safe that's the biggest point here you know you're safe and we're going to take care of you yeah it's been my experience that the records are now the records are available for everybody, right? It's not for special people. Oh, yeah. And I've taken a lot of workshops and had many me reading exchanges with new people. And I've talked to people who've had many reading exchanges with new people. And they and we've all received amazing information. These are people that are just opening up the records for their first time. But this, this is first time in this lifetime, right? So we believe that these people have had experiences in the records in past lifetimes. So they're just getting reconnected to that. And maybe as humans, they're getting a couple tips or maybe even tricks, right? Kind of hints, um, reminding them in this lifetime. Because oh, yeah. sometimes mm-hmm. people have, like this woman, expectations about how they will receive the messages. Kind of like, oh, I'm going to hear it. And then they, then they think, I'm not hearing anything. But really, the messages come to all of us. In different ways. So there is no right or wrong way. I, a lot of my messages, I feel them and they're not symbolic. So if I get a ping in my left knee, it doesn't mean a specific thing. And so I'll have to ask, like, what is the, what is the ping in my left knee mean for this person? I also, I do hear messages. I do, um, just know I have claircognizance. I also get a lot of visuals. And so, and it's different for different people. I don't have a set formula. I know that there's people that get, just like you do, you get a, a strong visual at the beginning of, of every reading, right? And I always call it the opening scene. And I've noticed in our Akashic gatherings that a lot of people are calling it opening scene now, too. <laughs> either either we've been fed that word altogether or I started something. <laughs> either way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I definitely get something at the beginning when I immediately when I go into someone's records I'll get some information for them and then during the reading we can pursue that or we can go straight into their questions um and even if we don't pursue it that's information that will come around to them because it's information that they need to receive so I say hey you know if you don't have further questions on that it'll it'll come up anyway right right exactly now I I remember reading someone who had um 
she is a woman, another large and in charge woman. <laughs> she's a, a list maker and, and a planner and she's got, you know, her house full of schedules and everything. So when she was going to have a, a reading with me, then, um, you know, she put all her ducks in a row. You know, she thought out all her questions that she had. And now we were going to be speaking for two hours because I do coaching sessions with the records. And <laughs> so I open her records and I just had the biggest opening scene ever. And it was actually several scenes. So I'm going on and on and I'm telling her the information because I got a lot of information and it was about 15 minutes. And, <laughs> and as soon as I was done, I was like, yeah, well, we can explore what, you know, anything that I just said, or we can move on on uh, to anything that we're, we're going to work on this time. And she goes, well, I wrote down a bunch of questions and pretty much they're all answered right now. <laughs> yeah. So, she, and we both laughed because it was like, well, we're only 15 minutes in. We got two hours. Woohoo. But, you know, again, what I do is not just, you know, Q&A. It's like there's another agenda. I can't even see it. It's revealed to me through the whole session, which is very beautiful. So uh, don't worry. We had another hour and 45 minutes of a lot of productivity and information and guidance that she needed. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> But, you know, because she was so intentional, it was almost like they already knew what she was going to ask, you know, she because she already asked it. She put it on paper. And so the answers just started coming. When you have more time, um, it's not just about getting the exact answers to their questions, but it's also about delving in deeper to those questions. So if someone says, ask a question, you can say, well, what what are the first steps to achieve that? Right. You can just keep digging and digging and and getting them more information and guidance around that that original question, which which I think is what's really beautiful because people don't realize that there's so many more layers to the guidance that they can receive. So much more support, right? Oh, exactly. Because, you know, you can ask questions, you can get an answer, but are you really listening, right? Are you listening to the answer? And, and that's where it, it gets really complicated in layers. Sometimes it needs it needs to be I, <laughs> to be injected into the skin, if that makes any sense. Well, and and you know it often needs to be repeated or said in different ways. Um, you know, because you're we're human. <laughs> we have thoughts and we have feelings and all kinds of things. And so, you know, by the time the tenth person tells you something, you're like, hmm. I'm hearing that a lot. Maybe, maybe, right? <laughs> you know, as someone who gets a reading, me, um, I'm probably one of the worst pers people to <laughs> read. And it's not that there's no information or, you know, actually my MTLOs work very, very well with practitioners. They love them. But... <laughs> Uh, me as the listener, it's like, I don't listen. So I often do ask the same questions over and over again, because I'm not, I'm not really letting things sink in. So of course I know this fault of myself. So when I do give readings, I keep that kind of person in mind because I am that kind of person. So then the real coaching and transformation comes with 
how that information gets processed and applied and, and the, the steps and the paths created that will set things in motion, you know? Yeah, I think it's also cool to ask the same questions over and over again. I definitely went through a period of time. I had a couple of questions that I was asking repeatedly and when I was doing exchanges or trades with people. And I think it was actually really interesting to see how the answers were gradually changing. The guidance was gradually changing for me around that situation. I think as I was growing and changing and I was able to handle different guidance, you know what I mean? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Well, I've also, you know, time moves, right? Time passes and we, we change. So my last client that I just had, actually, she asked very similar questions of when we worked in the winter and, you know, that's great and everything, but the answers were starting to change because she's starting to change, but the theme didn't change. The things, the, the lesson and the theme didn't change. It was just going to manifest in a different way if she didn't do it the one way she asked about. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. What about you? What what kind of receiver do you think you are as far as like, not receiver, but more of a listener when you get readings? I mean, you said that you like to ask the same thing over and over again. You know, that was definitely in the beginning because when we're learning and just like when we're, when we have new people, we talk about, you know, think about a situation that you're struggling with or that you're having issues with, right? That you can't seem to find an answer for that or a pattern. And and so I had some of those situations and, and I was working on them. But it's not that I wasn't a good listener or that I wasn't following the steps. Sometimes I would get guidance. You know, maybe I thought I was. For example, I was receiving guidance in the beginning um, to have an open heart. Which can be a lot, right? How does one know how to have an open heart? And you don't just wake up one day and say, I'm not going to have a wide open heart here today. It's you know, a little bit easier said than done, right? And and it's a process that, that can take months or years or lifetimes or, or whatever it is for, for us. So I'm pretty, I want to say obedient <laughs> when it comes to guidance that I get. And so I'm really um, task orientated. And so I'm pretty good about following the guidance. Now, there's some things that like business advice that I've received that are, you know, it's it's like a big leap outside of my comfort zone for me. And so I can be a little draggy on those things, but it's not that I don't think that it's good advice. It's just like, whoa, are you sure? That's a, you know, um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. That's me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, great. Well, I've read for you several times. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, and in general, I find you, as a quote client, um, you're, you actually are kind of a, one of my dream clients. And this is because you're so receptive and efficient. You're like, okay, what's my next step? Okay, let's do this. Okay. Like you're like taking notes and you're like ready to go. And then as soon as we finish, you're off, you know, you're off to the races. (laughs) And I, I wish that a lot of my other clients would be so active in that way, you know, like so pursuant of the mission. Uh, so I find that you as a client, you, you tend to um, listen and apply more 
than the average bear. <laughs> now, not to say that I don't have other dream clients or not to say that the other clients are bad. Not at all. Believe me, I like working with pretty much anybody. Uh, but, you know, to see someone take the resource and really apply it is my dream. And that's what I want to facilitate for so many people. And I'm sure you as well, like you want to see people change and you want to see people heal. Yeah, but I don't have expectations for people. So when I tell people, okay, so this is guidance that you're receiving, but I'll say, I'll remind people that they have free will that, not that the master's teachers and loved ones are going to get upset with them or say, gosh, you know, this is like the third time we've told you this. It's just five minutes a day. We don't understand why you're not getting with the program here. You know, it's not oh, like they're they never are. like that. Yeah. <laughs> and so I say, you know, not not to worry. Uh, you know, the guidance that you receive, you receive, it's never meant to be this this burden or this list of shoulds. And I remind them that, you know, these are suggestions. These are just little things that you have a choice to try or not try, you can play with it. It's it's never meant to be um, hard or or anything like that. And th- the truth is, I love to play. I'm a very playful person. So when I get these suggestions and guidances, I, I jump in, in in a playful way, right? And sometimes it's a harder play or, you know, it's outside my playful comfort zone, <laughs> things like that. But I'm very eager to to play. And so I try to present it as as the way that I think the masters, teachers, and loved ones want it presented. It's just, you know, whatever decision we make, it's always the right decision. So if you get guidance and you say, "Mm, no, thank you. So it may take you down a path, but that path is always going to be the right path. It may twist and turn and eventually take you back to a place that really is your highest potential. Does that make sense? I think I just like not made sense. No, it makes perfect sense. You're exactly right. You know, my last reading, one of my last readings, or last week, I think, um, I gave some information from MTLOs that said, uh, like, something that this girl should do in order to move forward. And she was just traumatized, like, oh, my God. God, that's the one thing that I don't want to do. Like it was something about grief, you know, because grief is a beast, let me tell you. And I said, okay, but listen, you don't have to do it all at once. You don't have to do it today and you don't have to do it tomorrow, but you just need to know that that is it. That's the idea communicated here. So there's no timeline. There's no urgency to it. So you don't please don't put pressure on yourself to force yourself to do this when you're clearly not ready to do it and you need some time for it to kind of sink in and incubate a little bit before you know maybe taking a small step in that direction and she felt so relieved that I said that because I'm like there's no time limit over there um and and they're not saying you must do this they're saying well this is something you this this will help you bring you to a, a better place of, of the way you want to be, you know? And, um, anyway, I, I know her very personally and she's been talking a lot lately to me, just, you know, talking without being in the records and everything. And, uh, it's starting to sink in and, and she's kind of verbalizing kind of her, her, um, feelings around it. And she's, 
she's coming more to a point where she's uh, being a little bit more uh, open and accepting to kind of um, maybe entertain the idea of what they gave her. <laughs> yeah, I really think that one of the coolest thing is to go back over your notes from a reading a couple months later or a month later or or listen to the recording and because you're in a different state, I think that you're a little less energetically attached to those questions. You know, they're less triggery and more open to the answers. And I really enjoyed going back and looking at my notes and and listening. I, I think it's been really incredibly healing. Um, and I feel much more connected just uh, a little bit later, like stepping back a little bit. You know what I mean? You know, I... I did that a couple of times and that doesn't work for me. (laughs) Um, Once I, once I do a reading, I, if I have an ongoing um, client, you know, I do remember, uh, you know, a lot of details about them naturally, just, but not particularly about the readings because I get very overwhelmed if I go back through my notes because I'm like, did I say that? Because that's not me. That was them. It's not, I'm just channeling. So I'm actually quite amazed and overwhelmed if I if I look at it again or listen and and yeah the recordings are only for clients. Oh I moment. don't I don't I don't re-listen to client recordings I don't and I don't really write that many notes for clients so I'm talking about in my own records or if I'm oh. receiving. <laughs> I was like well, I I can't do that I can't take on everybody's. Yeah yeah, yeah. I no really, no I get it. I really remember. I remember very little from client readings because I'm channeling and I'm not in in myself. I mm. remember very little. And sometimes they'll get these really cool metaphors or really cool guidance. And I'll go, wow, I would really love to remember this. And then poof, it'll be gone. The mem- You know, the reading will end. Yeah. And people will say, oh, I just really, really um, enjoy the reading with you. And thank you. Or they'll come back and tell me about do you remember the guidance that I received and I'll say actually I I don't remember the guidance that you received that, because it was channeled for you all the time yeah you're exactly right yeah no yeah and people are like I'm so glad you said this I'm like I said that <laughs> they're like yes thank you for saying that I'm like I didn't say that that was them so but thank you <laughs> yeah happens all the time yeah yeah you're right yeah you start to forget I mean my role my role is just to be a clear channel and that doesn't include remembering it all I'm just I'm just holding the container to be the clear channel for 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 the client for the for the person that's being read right yeah exactly should we talk about what it's like what it feels like for us to give readings I think we kind of already covered that like we see things we hear things right yeah I always feel in a different state when I'm in the records, whether my own records or someone else's records. For example, um, when I give a reading, I'm often at home and my son can be home. Or uh, one time my husband was doing some housework on the front porch using a saw or some kind of loud machinery. (laughs) In the beginning, I thought, wow, he's being really loud. (laughs) And then I remember I got on the phone with the client. I I opened up the records and I didn't hear the loud machinery anymore, right? I just um, wasn't wasn't hearing that. I was just hearing the masters, teachers, and loved ones. I was in that state, and that is really cool. I really enjoy that. I always feel 
energetically uplifted. I know that I receive healing as well whenever I'm in the Akasha with a client. So even when I'm in my own records, I know that I'm also receiving healing. How about you? Yeah. 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 Um, Yeah. It's pretty easy for me to pretty much read anyone anywhere. Like there could be a husband. I don't have a husband, but (laughs) like a husband (laughs) sawing stuff next to me. And I'd probably be very similar. (laughs) Like I don't need quiet um, because I think I'm just so familiar with doing it that, you know, like it's just kind of natural and I can do it in a noisy place and, and coffee shop. I do prefer quiet because I I feel like that space that holding that ground um, is very important for the client or, you know, whoever I'm reading, you know, but I mean, if, if loud noises happen, it's not going to derail anything. (laughs) The train will still be on the track chugging away. (laughs) Yeah. I remember when I was first learning, when we had classes, and my my first class, we were in a smaller space. And so we when we broke up into small groups, we were pretty close to the other pairs of people. And so I could hear them really clearly. And I remember struggling in my trade, A, struggling to hear the person that was across from me because I was distracted with the voices around me. And then also struggling to give the reading. And I remember actually saying that, like, I can't hear myself think because of the people around me. Um, and that was in the beginning. And also I remember that I really wanted conditions to be ideal when I would go into my own records. It needed to be quiet. I needed to be rested, all kinds of things. Since then, I've really played with, as far as going into my own records, going into my records in public places, in coffee shops, in loud places, outside, instead of inside where I can control all the conditions. And I really, really enjoy that for myself. But when I give a reading, you know, of course, when it's remote, I'm in my office space and I have, you know, lit sage and lit a candle and done my, my rituals for each person. So it's a little different, but I really do enjoy opening up my own records in all kinds of situations for myself. Yeah. But one thing that I do uphold as a respect and a formality and also to help myself be the ultimate channel or that's what I strive to be is, you know, the guideline of no drugs or alcohol. Yeah. Um, I do do take that very seriously because actually I'm almost a non-drinker. I still drink on occasion, but I mean, I couldn't even tell you the last time I had a drink maybe several months ago. Um, So I'm naturally not a drinker, but you know, and, and, uh, but I do know the effect that alcohol does have on me. So when I do drink, I do respect the 24-hour period, even though usually when I drink, it's just like a beer or two. And then, you know, the next day, I feel like I could drop into records Um, within the 24 hours. I still still respect the 24 hours. Um, I'm not a recreational drug user either, so uh, at all. So that's really a non-issue. But, I mean, if I was, definitely I would respect the 24 hour period. Yeah. And maybe everyone doesn't know about that, but it is a a recommendation. Of course you can go and ask your own master's teachers and loved ones, you know, for you specifically, but um, from our teacher, we've been told it's best not to alcohol or use any recreational drugs 24 hours before you go into your own records or anybody else's. I also, I actually don't enjoy beer and wine. 
Um, I like an occasional cocktail, but since I've been doing daily readings during the quarantine, um, oh, yeah. I equally, I cannot remember. I like hard apple cider. I think it's been months since I've had anything like that. And yeah, because of the work we do, it's like every day for us. <laughs> yeah. And it's just, well, I mean, I wasn't a big drinker beforehand anyway. But for example, if I was going to drink on New Year's Eve, I wouldn't go into someone's record on January 1st. Right. Uh, yeah. I, yeah I have, we have to plan it. <laughs> but, you know, um, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to make a little confession. Okay. Well, before I was an Akashic Records practitioner, like fully trained and aware, when I lived in Seoul, Korea, <laughs> uh, in Seoul, Korea, I drank a lot more than I've ever drank before. And I mean, well, I lived there for 12 years, but because this, this society has a lot of alcohol drinking ritual and formality in society. So you do participate. You find yourself participating a lot more than you want. I would have a lot of drinks and then I would start giving readings to people, not records readings, but more of an intuition, psychic medium kind of thing. (laughs) And it's like, what? Like I would be so embarrassed and mortified when I would remember this the next day. And I'm like, that is irresponsible. I do not need to be slinging that around. I remember there was a band at this one bar in the kind of like the foreign area of Seoul. And then the evening started to end. Um, I'd had a lot to drink. The band was out in the street. So, you know, everybody's like about to go home or go to party number two. Cause in, in Korea, I mean, you can pretty much party till the sun comes up. There's always a place to go. And so we're all talking. And then I, I was like, you know what? I'm starting to get information about you, drummer. And he's like, what kind of information? So this is like unsolicited. Like he didn't even ask me. And I'm like, you do a lot of instruments, do you? Don't you? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, you just don't, you're just not a drummer all the time. You do all kinds of stuff, right? Which, I mean, it's kind of a true thing for any musical person. They're not just like drums, drums, drums. Like they do a lot of stuff, right? But here I am like dropping it, trying to drop into intuition with them. And and he's just like, why are you telling me this? <laughs> Isn't that terrible and irresponsible of me? Well, I think, you know, as far as the records are concerned, if you're an Akashic record reader, it's more about being able to be completely clear and not being um, not having the distraction that alcohol can have on your system or something like that. So I don't know that it's irresponsible or anything. It's just about having being able to be your optimal channel and being able to be optimally clear. Right. So maybe mm-hmm. if you had alcohol, or you had something else, you just can maybe, you know, possibly right, fog your glass a little bit, something like that. So I don't know well, that there's any shame or anything around it. Well, as far as the alcohol, not really. That's not the the humiliating part. It's that he didn't ask for it. <laughs> the oh, people I was yeah. like trying to give reading, you know, that's the irresponsible thing. And that's what the alcohol made me do. So while maybe I was getting accurate information, I don't remember, you know. I just remember that part of it about the drums and the instruments. It's just like, I'm just like throwing people readings and they didn't ask for that. <laughs> it's horrible. Well, it's like the alcohol kind of. It amplified your enthusiasm, right? <laughs> exactly. And that is not good because I've already got a bunch. <laughs> I don't need yeah. help. Yeah. And then it and then it kind of um, you know, 
any kind of inhibitions were less, right? Which is which is what alcohol does. You're less inhibited. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> well, lesson learned. And, you know, if I ever drink a little too much again, which I'm maybe I will. I haven't done it since I'm working in the records now all the time. But uh, if I ever do, I, you know, I've, I have some guidelines and rules for myself, like no Facebooking when I've had a couple of drinks, because then you start, you know, really messing things up and, you know, no texting or whatever. Oh, I'm going to add that to the list. No readings. <laughs> Don't even try, lady. Don't even try. And, you know, hopefully I'll respect that for myself because I, I do the other rules pretty well now. Yeah. Uh-huh. Do you- Do you remember when we had, I had like an early Sunday morning reading and you had a beer at a Super Bowl or some kind of football party, right? Yes, I remember. And then you're like, oh no, I just had a beer. We got to reschedule tomorrow morning. Yeah, I had one beer. That was it. But I was like, respect. Thank you so much for listening to us today and for being curious about what it's like to receive and also what it's like to to give an Akashic Record reading. Of course, there's so much more than what we were able to briefly cover here. And these are just the experiences of Christina and I. So if you have other questions, please email us and we would love to answer your questions. It's a topic that we are so passionate about and we love to talk about every day, right? Yeah, thank you everybody for listening and for being interested in us and what we have to say. And I also want to thank you, Tatiana. Thank you so much. Um, it's always a pleasure. Yes, I love virtually talking to you. And at some point, we will be able to meet in person once again. Yes, we will. If you'd like more information on working with Tatiana, you can find her on her website at yestosoul.com. She's also on Instagram at yestosoul. And if you would like to work with Christina, her website is diaryofapsychicmedium.com and her Instagram handle is the same. And these links are also in our show notes. Thank you so much for listening. You guys are the best. And thank you so much for being curious about the Kashuk Records. We love to share this resource. Thank you so much.